At a time when digital transformation is a top priority across the globe, it's important to stay on top of emerging technologies, business trends, and strategies. VMware's Partnership Perspectives podcast brings together top global business executives, technologists, and industry analysts to share insights, perspectives, and inspiration for top-of-mind topics. Hosted by VMware's Kathleen Tandy, we'll discuss stories around organizations' challenges and successes, as well as strategies for moving their businesses forward. Guests include Oracle, Lumen, ComDivision, IDC, Galaxy, and more. Have a listen. Every night I pace the hall, just waiting for your call. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show for our special Louisville-only edition this week. Here's our host, Tom Dupree. Okay. Turn me up, honey. A little more. There you go. This is a song by uh, a band called the the String Cheese Incident. And uh, they were founded in uh, Telluride or either Crested. Maybe Crested Butte, Colorado, one of those places where my brother uh, lived. He was friends with uh, Michael Kang, who is their, uh, well, he kind of is the lead. I don't know what he does. He stands up in front of the crowd. And uh, my brother was not in the band for very long. I'm not sure why, but uh, this was an outgrowth of us playing a lot of bluegrass when we were younger. So the show today is only for Louisville because we're being preempted in Lexington, and uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about, I'll play that part, turn it up.
So he's playing this real little guitar. It's tiny. It's this is so cool. Okay, I had to listen to that part. So, what made it? What made it um, twinkle up and twinkle back down? What instrument was that? Some. It's a. It's just a key keyboard with um, a certain setting on it. You know, you can set your electronic keyboards to all kinds of different sounds. So, this is what you would call a jam band. And uh, I was speaking with their booking agent yesterday, a very nice lady named Amanda, who's in Boulder. And uh, if you just, I thought, well, maybe we could get them here for a party. They can't be that expensive. Try half a million dollars. Oh, my gosh. That would be a big That's no. it, But that's if you, you know, if you get them to just come. Anyway. All right. I'm going to. So as I typically do, if you've listened to this show, I do a reading from Scripture. Why? Because it's my show. Revelation chapter 4. After this I looked, and behold, a door which was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow around about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, And they had on their heads crowns of gold, and out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face of a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle, and the four beasts, each had of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their thrones crowns before the throne. So that's Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. Okay, I want to talk about... This is a show. We're a Lexington-based company. We typically have something to do with Lexington on 
our show, but we're in Louisville. This one is just for the Louisville audience because we're being preempted by the University of Kentucky football game. So I'm going to talk about Louisville, my experiences of Louisville, Kentucky. Okay, let me go back long before I was born to sometime around 1915. My grandfather was uh, F.L. Dupree, Frederick Lamar Dupree. He lived in Columbus, Kentucky, which is on the Mississippi River um, in Hickman County, and it's dead on the Mississippi, but it's on a bluff above the Mississippi. Uh, There are uh, trenches throughout because they had prepared, uh, the, the Confederates were prepared for General Grant to engage them in that area. He ended up going around them uh, and up the Tennessee River and set up what was later called the Battle of Shiloh uh, or Pittsburgh Landing, as you might want to call it. It it was one of the early battles in the Civil War, I think either 1861 or 62. And um, it was a horribly bloody battle. But the battle that was going to be the Battle of Columbus ended up being Shiloh. But they were prepared. The uh, he gets, My granddad grew up there right on the Mississippi River. They found many balls in the trenches. Uh, he was born in 1899, so that was only 35 years after the Civil War. But it became apparent that if he was going to be educated, he couldn't stay in that county because they had no high school. So he had an uncle named Fred Cowles, who was a famous uh, musician in Louisville. Uh, He founded the Louisville Conservatory of Music, which later became the University of Louisville Music School. And Granddaddy came to Louisville to live with Uncle Fred. And he went to Mail High School, uh, which at the time was an education in and of itself. uh, You didn't really have to go to college after that because you studied Greek, Latin, and the you, you studied the classical type of education. That's what granddaddy got. He um, later went to World War I uh, for a very brief time. For I think he was probably 17, 18 years old. So he went to Europe. He got a little bit of gas, not much. But I think it did weaken him uh, in his later life. He didn't get anywhere near, you know, the gas that 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 some people got uh, uh, back in that horrible, horrible form of warfare that they engaged in in World War One, um, and that's why they had to wear the face masks. Um, he got back to Louisville, and one of his first jobs, maybe his very first job, was that he worked for the Louisville Gas and Electric Company as a salesman of preferred stock directly to the public. Now, uh, he, uh, he, he would go door to door in Louisville selling this stock to uh, individual people and families. One of the areas that he went a lot was Germantown. Because everybody there saved money. Uh, in fact, the very first date uh, 
I ever had with my wife was in Germantown at Hasenauer's where we went to Louisville to see the, the Phantom of the Opera and we went to eat at Hasenauer's, which no longer exists, but it was a great restaurant um, in, in kind of in the Germantown area of Louisville. Uh, Granddaddy would go uh, to the different people's homes and knock on the door and, and he was a door-to-door salesman is what he was. And uh, he would... Uh, uh, talk to them about the company, Louisville Gas and Electric Company. And a lot of times there'd be a, a light bulb hanging down from the ceiling over the kitchen table. And he would say, the dividend on this preferred stock will be paid just like that light comes on, you know, and, and as if to illustrate the uh, dependability of the dividend. <laughs> you know, I mean... <laughs> whatever, anything to make a sale. So 50 bucks, you know, they would go to the cookie jar because I don't think they like banks and dig out 50 bucks and there it was. So he worked there and then um, he uh, worked for various um, investment firms in Louisville. Uh, One of the names that comes to mind is a fellow named Ben Krieger uh, who's uh, granddaughter I went to uh, to uh, college with at uh, at Sewanee and anyway we, we we discussed some of these things and you know he loved Louisville there's a story that he told about um, the uh, uh, being at the Brown Hotel uh, one Sunday afternoon and um the uh, Uncle Freddie, his uncle, was was friends or at least acquaintances with uh, J. Graham Brown, the famous uh, timber and uh, real estate uh, developer in Louisville for whom the J. Graham Brown Foundation is named, which I believe is run or it has been run by Mason Rummel, uh, who's a Lexington native. It uh, the story went that um, they were having a poker game in the Brown Hotel, and um, uh, there came a knock at the door, uh, and it was bankers. Evidently, Mister Brown had uh, maybe missed a payment on a loan or something like that, and uh, they came, you know, because they knew that's where he would be, and they said, you know. Uh, it, can we talk to you about getting that loan paid? And he just reamed them out. You know, why are you inter- interrupting my uh, Sunday afternoon card game? You'd get the hell out of here kind of thing. And um, said, and furthermore, I'll be in tomorrow to borrow more money. So it's just a, it's a story uh, among many stories that are out there. And I don't know that if it's true or not, but. It's it's an interesting story. So my, as a child, uh, I would come to Longest Avenue where my um, aunt lived, uh, Helen Thompson. Her husband was Vernon Thompson. And um, we would come and I would go down to Cherokee Park and, and play and things like that. And it, it was always a lot of fun. 
the reason my father was so close to Helen uh, was because his mother died at age 33 years old right after giving birth to him in 1930. And she basically uh, knew that it was going to be a difficult pregnancy and delivery, but she went ahead with the birth, and, uh, and it did cost her her life. I did never, I never knew where she was buried. Um, she wasn't mentioned much when, when we were growing up, but I was in Louisville one day with my, uh, with my, uh, mother-in-law and my wife. And, um, I said, I'd like to go over to cave Hill and find my grandmother's grave. I remember it was on a Saturday and, uh, we went to the, um, to the house, uh, the office, and they got out a map and sort of wrote down the general uh, vicinity of where it was. And uh, it was, uh, it, that was almost not helpful <laughs> because we, we got over there and there must have been 300 graves sort of near where the thing was the check. So I, I bet I looked for an hour to an hour and a half. It was getting starting to get dark. It's time to go home, drive back to Lexington. And, um, I sort of looked down to the side and there was this little area, little clump of graves over there that I had not looked at. I went down there and my hair stood up on the back of my thing. There was her grave, Gladys Parmalee Dupree. She died in 1930. That's my grandmother. She gave up her life for me to be here. So Louisville is a very, very meaningful place to me. It's absolutely, it's the place where the thing took place that caused me you know to be on this earth and uh you know my grandmother is an absolute saint and i never knew her and neither did my father but that's where she's buried and uh you know after that uh my grandfather uh moved he remarried a few years later they ended up moving to Cleveland, and then the uh, her family was from Harlan, Kentucky. They were in the coal business. They persuaded my grandfather to move down there in 1938 and get into the coal business because it was obvious to everybody that was paying attention uh, where the world was headed. And, uh, of course, in 1941, uh, you had the beginning of uh, World War II, and the demand for coal and steel went through the roof. And that's where they were at that time. And fourth day of November 1956, I was born down there in Harlan, Kentucky. But my family's connection to Louisville – 
Now, what does this mean? Well, what it means is that, you know, we're trying to market ourselves to pre-financial group in Louisville. It helps to give a little background because sometimes the thought would be, well, you just come in, you don't care about the area, you're just looking to open new accounts. That's not how I feel about things like that. I um, Geography is extremely important to me. Places, people, all of these things are of utmost importance. So we're trying to uh, uh, give some background and some color as to how we might care about people in the city of Louisville uh, that, that might have an interest in, you know, doing business with us at some point. Uh, you can, we don't give it out very often because quite frankly, we don't want too many people calling us. We're a little private. No, I'm just kidding. Um, our number is eight five nine two three three zero four hundred, and our, our website is depreefinancial.com. I only say things like that to make my wife uh, go nuts because she's sitting right next to me. But um, and why would that make me go nuts? Uh, it's because you when think marketing is my thing. <laughs> well, this is a reverse form of our. We don't give it out, so it's like it's rare to get our website kind of thing. Anyway, so um, you that, don't give it out. I do. Right. Yeah, that that kind of wraps up the first hour. We'll be back. We'll talk a little more about things in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, you know, talk about your city which is a wonderful place and a place that we're trying to uh, get more of a footprint in. And if you, if, if you can't tell, Tom is a really great storyteller. If you want to read more of his stories, not just about Louisville, but of other places he's been and seen, you can go to his personal Facebook page, which is Tom Dupree Jr. That wraps up the first half of the hour. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more. So stay tuned for this special edition Louisville only Tom Dupree show. Hey, fall means family farm fun and Bywater Farms Autumn Fest is back. Check out the new attractions like the Big Country Coaster, our Jump Zone, Jumping Pillows, and Rosie's Ponies. Or visit some favorites like the Pumpkin Canyon, the Five Acre Corn Maze, and the Spooky Farmhouse. Hay rides are included for everyone with tickets. And while you're here, get some homemade fudge, fried apple pies, and apple cider donuts. It's all there at Autumn Fest, now through October 31st at Bywater Farm in Georgetown. For more info, go to www.bywaterfarm.com. Has the weather taken a toll on your home's foundation and concrete slabs? All the heat, rain, freezing, and settling can wreak havoc on your foundation. Cracked walls, cracked brick, and sinking concrete can all be repaired economically by Dwyer. No job is too big or too small for Dwyer. Call today for your free estimate, 859-231-0998. The region's largest and most trusted name in raising sunken concrete and fixing foundations. Don't wait for the problem to get worse. Visit DwyerCompanies.com to learn more. the ocean, far from the sun, any rabbit wondering when we ever become one, must I suffer days to come, 
fate wouldn't dare Had to see a summer bear Filled with his little lungs with air Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show for the second half of the first hour special edition, Louisville, the Tom Dupree Show. We're coming to you exclusively today. And here's our host, Tom Dupree. So this is uh, a, um, a performance by a young man who goes by the uh, abbreviated name of Kishi I really thought you were pulling my leg with that is Of course name. you did. Of course you did. And the name to boot, Penny Rabbit. And Summer Bear. Summer Bear. Does that sound like a real song, people? And if you don't know Tom, he kids me a lot. So I have a way about pulling music out of places this is a really great song this guy is very very good he's young he was from seattle his parents are both full-blooded japanese people uh he's he does amazing music and uh i just love the guy i don't know where you find these things you're amazing i observe and i listen and you can pick up a lot of things if you just do those two things. And you love music, too. Yeah, I do. I just let that play for a minute. I mean, how did I get so lucky to be doing this show and be able to play the stuff I want and be surrounded by people I love and that love me? is great okay i want to talk more about louisville uh i'm going to talk about my career in the investment business which began in 1978 and how it related to louisville so we were in the municipal bond business and we primarily sold bonds to banks and the banks in Kentucky uh, did their safekeeping with the large banks in Louisville. Back then, it was Citizens Fidelity. It was First National Bank of Louisville, and it was Liberty Bank. Anybody remember that far back? Those banks have not been around. Who, when's the last time you heard of Citizens Fidelity? But anybody over the age of probably 45 remembers Citizens Fidelity Bank. 
They also remember First National Bank of Louisville, and they remember Liberty Bank. There were three good, big size, large size banks in Louisville. In order of their size, I think you know Citizen Fidelity and, and uh, um, First National Bank of Louisville went back and forth as to who was the biggest, and Liberty was smaller than those two, but it was still pretty decent sized bank. So these made up the sort of the financial triumvirate in Louisville. You also had a lot of the bond, uh, the, the different uh, municipal bond companies were based in Louisville. Largest, of course, Hilliard Lines. Uh, um, let's see. Bob Lee was the guy over there. Uh, that's who I usually dealt with. Uh, I don't remember who their trader was. Um, I, oh, yeah, I do, but I can't think of his name. Um, you had uh, Johnson Brown, Burnett, and Knight, so Prentice Brown uh, and the, the different folks over there. That was a smaller firm. Um, you had uh, Beish, later Prudential Beish, but B-A-C-H-E. So you had um, uh, A.J. Warner was the uh, the head of that department, and he had a guy uh, that worked for him named Jimmy Rogers, who later became the president of Hilliard Lines. So he ended up going to Hilliard's, and uh, I don't know if Jimmy's still in the business anymore. Uh, you had a company called... Almstead Brothers, A-L-M-S-T-E-D-T. Stuart Billington was their head trader and underwriter. Um, Jimmy Burkholder was an older member of their staff. Uh, They later uh, merged into J.C. Bradford from from Nashville. And, uh, of course, J.C. Bradford uh, ends up merging with Payne Weber. And Payne Weber merges with UBS, and UBS merges with God. No, I'm kidding you. Um, it, it was not that that last merger has not been consummated yet. Anyway, so um, you know, in the '70s, '80s, Louisville was a great place because. You had a lot of people in the bond. I mean, it was the place to be in the municipal bond. But I mean, you just, it was the place. And so we would have this thing every year at the, um, it would typically be at one of the different country clubs somewhere. Prior to the NCAA tournament, there would be a big uh, party and it was fun. And uh, all the different dealers would get together and have a great time. And I'm telling you, it was it was a blast. I loved Louisville back then. Um, it was just, it was colorful. And then all of these guys loved horses. They loved thoroughbred racing. They all followed it. They were all fans of the Derby and Churchill and, you know, man, it just couldn't have been any better back then. Louisville was fun. There's no two ways about it. I'll give you a, a little story. Uh, one time, 
I, we, we had been in a bond issue up in New York city, uh, that was, well, that closed in New York. Actually, I went down to the world trade center, one of the smaller buildings and, uh, picked up these bonds and they had to be delivered to the bank in Louisville on behalf of the banks that we sold them to. So I had to get on the plane with these bonds, go back to Louisville. I had to go stay at the golf house that night and get up the next morning and go and take him at nine o'clock. As soon as the bank, uh, safekeeping department opened up and get those bonds delivered and, and, uh, collect a check. A- another thing I used to do in Louisville would be go to the Kentucky bankers association, uh, meeting at the, uh, at the Galt house. Uh, those KBA meetings were typically in the fall, I believe. And you would have everybody from Kentucky in these small banks all over the state of Kentucky would come to Louisville, come to the Galt house to, um, you know, basically have a good time. I mean, they, they, they were supposed to be in meetings and, you know, learning different things, but I think some of them were not in the meetings. I think they were playing golf or, or, or doing something else like that. Uh, I will say that, uh, I was in one of these meetings in the hospitality room of, uh, let's just say a large local bank here in Lexington, very large at the time. And, uh, the, um, one of the senior officers was, had had a few drinks and began to, um, you know, say things to me that I felt were, a little bit disrespectful and, uh, I don't care. You can say anything you want to me in private, but if you start to, you know, disrespect me in public, uh, I get, I get a little upset and, uh, he was as big as I was. And I said, do you want to go outside? And he was one of the, he was, let's just say that he was the president of the bank. That's good enough. And, uh, I said, you know, uh, I don't care who you are. Uh, you want to talk like that. So I nearly had a big, I nearly had a, a nice fight on my hands in the city of Louisville, but we, it was, it was quickly diffused and it, as it should have been, that would have been stupid. Um, but cause his son is one of my friends, but, um, you know, th- these things, it was just wild and woolly. I mean, it was it was way more fun than Lexington. I'm just going to say it. I mean, it was it was it was different. Uh, you know, we got the horse business here. It's pervasive. And it's a lot of fun. It's a different scene than than you have in Louisville. Louisville's more industrial in many ways. It's got more people. It's uh, a different kind of place, but I'm telling you from a financial markets point of view lexington did not never has held a candle to it so that was uh always enjoyable we would come to louisville when i was very young and to go to my uh 
aunt's house and we would come for Christmas dinner and I had a cousin named B Thompson, Charles B Thompson. He passed away in the last year. He had been in the Vietnam conflict. He was a bass player. He played in a little band. He worked over at the, uh, the ammunition plant over in Charlestown, Indiana. And, you know, he was just a lovely guy, wonderful guy. I always had great memories of coming over there and, uh, and doing that in recent years, as I say, my, my wife, um, and I, our first, uh, date was at the, um, was we went to the 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 you know the um that play the phantom of the opera we went to hazenauer i mean i don't know you you're sort of quiet are you thinking that wasn't a good thing or is that a deal for you at all it's the tom dupree show yeah well guess what you're sitting there with a microphone so you're free to comment did you hear that, audience? He's giving me an open mic. That's 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 a big. You're supposed to bring your A game when you're in here. Well, all the technical things seem to be working well. Okay. All right. Well, she's not going to say much. Um, it was a. It. I'll tell you what. It's the only first date that I w ever went on that lasted for eight hours. What's wrong with that? That's a long first date. So you make it sound like you should have gotten a paycheck or something. No, but end up marrying you, so it must yeah. have been a, a good eight hours. But what yeah, I'm saying is later. over, over exposure on the first date could often be the kiss of death. Yeah. Well. That's what I'm saying. And it wasn't. It ended up... You know, we both stepped away for a couple of weeks. and Then we had an ice storm. Then we had an ice storm, yeah. yeah. And, and then anyway. you come, came and helped me with some fallen trees in my yard, and I fed you a good meal, and that, as they say, <laughs> was history. Yeah. It's not that easy to rope me in. Food, is, it, I mean, it's not just about the food, okay? But anyway, yeah, but in, in some ways it was. <laughs> um, so... You know, there's there's just been a lot of really great things. I used to had a client, a large institutional client, one of the best guys that I've ever known. Um, he was a great guy with a, a large insurance company in Louisville. In recent years, um, you know, we've we've come over and done various things. Visited the the Fraser Fraser Museum. What a what a remarkable place that is we visited joe lay's the antique store that uh until a few years ago was was uh such a great place and uh you know it just in general we we i mean we, i'm not going to speak for anybody else but i love it there in louisville my father-in-law uh is a guy that has been very involved in louisville and he has helped many civic causes in Louisville. Um, just a guy that, 
is a caring, involved individual uh, who does so many things for people, uh, many things that you don't even know about. But he's he's been he's been a, a, a great advocate of the city of Louisville and a believer that that Lexington and Louisville should not have a rivalry between each other, but that they should be united in in many ways. So, what was that partnership that? Um, and I I am remembering just bits and pieces of it that uh, they tried to get going when Jim Gray was it Jim Gray and Abrams Abr I can't I'm tongue Jerry Help Abramson. Me. Thank you. It was when those two were mayors and they tried to get um, a program going between Louisville and Lexington. Is that correct? Do you remember? I don't that? remember. Yeah, I do. Uh, but that was that was another. Um, Jerry Abramson was a good guy. Still is. I, yeah. I don't I don't really know the current mayor. Um but um it's just been a wonderful place. I mean to grow up in, in Kentucky and Central Kentucky and Louisville is really still, I guess, considered Central Kentucky. Great places to eat over there. I like going to that uh place out there off of Bardstown Road that uh, makes the, the ham sandwiches. Um uh, cannot think of the name of that place you go in there and I bet you know exactly where it is oh though. i could get you there in two seconds i like dittos that's a restaurant i love in louisville love eating at dittos great place um i'm a i'm a i'm a zoe's kitchen guy now that's a franchise deal that's out in the summit um is it called the summit in louisville yeah because we've got a summit here too yeah and uh you know, there's just a lot of great play. There, there's no reason for people from Lexington to not make the trek over to Louisville or for people from Louisville to not make the trek over to Lexington. We have a lot of wonderful things over here, a lot of great things to see. Of course, we all love our distilleries and horse farms and things of that nature. There's so much beauty in central Kentucky. It's absolutely beautiful. And so we want to try to do you know, open ourselves much more to people in Louisville uh, to talk to you about your uh, uh, investments and things of that nature. Dupreefinancial.com, 859-233-0400. You know, you can call us, um, or if you're ever over here, drop by. We're at 237 East Main Street in downtown Lexington. We do have people pop in quite often just to say hello. Yeah. We and, love you know we're we're growing uh and, and parking, i've been in the investment business for 42 years Go parking ahead. is really easy impossible oh no, stop I'm it we um, our our office corners on main street and a street called esplanade and there I don't is think they need that much also well you know you never know and there's all sorts of street parking on esplanade so there you have it so we just want to f have warm feelings towards people in Louisville. You know, we're doing this show. It comes from Lexington, but this show is just for the folks in Louisville. We're going to do more of them in the future, and uh, we hope that it's helpful to you. We hope you like it. If you don't like it, don't tell us. No. We do not want to know. Actually, your marketing person would like to know. 
<laughs> you can you actually really can send us a message on the homepage of our our uh, on our Facebook page, also on the homepage of our website, which is duprefinancial.com, as Tom has mentioned. There is a um, question tab on the homepage, and you just click it and type in what your question is. If you want a question open uh, or answered on the show, we can do that. Or if you just want it private, we can send you a message back as a, as a private message. Uh, you can also direct messages on Facebook and Instagram also. So we've got all sorts of ways that you can reach out to us, and we would really love to hear from you. So that said, we are going to, in the wings are our financial guys that are going to come in here for the second hour and tell us all that they know. Our goal is to educate, guide, and empower. That's our tagline. And we hope you've learned something this hour. And if you haven't this hour, you will the next. So stay tuned for more of the Tom Dupree Show. We'll be back in just a few minutes. They're far away in a foreign land There's a yellow woman and a yellow man Hey, fall means family farm fun and Bywater Farms Autumn Fest is back. Check out the new attractions like the Big Country Coaster, our Jump Zone, Jumping Pillows, and Rosie's Ponies. Or visit some favorites like the Pumpkin Canyon, the Five Acre Corn Maze, and the Spooky Farmhouse. Hay rides are included for everyone with tickets. And while you're here, get some homemade fudge, fried apple pies, and apple cider donuts. It's all there at Autumn Fest, now through October 31st at Bywater Farm in Georgetown. For more info, go to www.bywaterfarm.com. 